0: Mike Tallis is senior manager of charting for FTN Data, a company that turns what happens on every NFL play into the stats that inform your fantasy moves or sports bets. He and his team watch video, a whole lot of it, in the hours after NFL games each week, pumping information into their Google Sheets to quantify an endless amount of information about every player that was on the field. I'm Brant James of Gaming Today. We hope you enjoy this interview with Mike Tallis of FTN Data. Just sort of from the beginning, um, whenever the game ends or or whenever you guys start getting video to look at, just, just run me through a, a weekend. Yeah, so essentially, it would
1: st- our process kind of starts on Wednesday. We make our schedule, etc. Uh And so just on a normal Sunday, we'll say, since that's when the majority of the games are, uh, if we have a week where there's no bye week, so for instance, week one rolls around, uh, we're uh, going to have yeah. – Eight, we're going to have 80 charts that need to be completed within uh, that time frame, within usually about a two-day time frame. And essentially what we do when the games end. So essentially, the just it, it'll be a little bit better if I start you off with kind of how the schedule works. So each one of our games, so 16 games the first week, we're going to have four different categories that we chart for each individual game. Now, one of those is player participation, which we actually break down into two different guys charting. So if, what I found early last year in my time as manager was that our efficiency was lagging a little bit because we're limited to the broadcast view on Sundays. So uh so basically guys would be kind of looking and and you know, all different types of angles trying to get some of these players' numbers. Uh so what I realized was assigning individual charters-specific teams was in our best interest in, in terms of efficiency because they know when John Bates, the, the backup tight end, comes in for the commanders, or Deami Brown, they know that, uh, Kurt, that that Jahan Dotson wears Air Jordan 1 sneakers or cleats. They can identify these really quickly and kind of turn them over a lot faster. So essentially what happens on a Sunday is the games run 1 o'clock to four o'clock, right? Those games run. We don't ever do any live charting. We uh, we wait for the NFL to release their uh, broadcast view, which essentially comes out about five minutes after after the game ends. Uh, their condensed view releases thirty minutes after the game ends. So that's without like huddles and commercials and things like that, obviously. Um, and then so when the so basically when the game's end i take the nfl play by play statistics and then i convert that into our template with all of our all of our data points and so once i've converted that into our four categories one of which is player participation which again let's say it's a commanders giants game i would have uh my commanders pp guy player participation guy and i would have my uh giants com- uh player participation guy so they would both be working on their own teams uh, throughout throughout that game process. And then we do pass game, line game, and run game all separately. So there would be uh, a different guy in there charting pass game, a different guy charting run game, different guy charting line game, etc. cetera. Uh, and then, so I, because we're limited to the broadcast view, essentially, sometimes like Sometimes things can't be seen on the broadcast view, and we need to, we need to wait for the all 22 coaches film to come out. Unfortunately, that doesn't come out until 48 hours or so after game time. And so, what I have my guys do in the charting system is I'll I'll have them flag it for review, and then I will circle back on it once the all 22 drops, and I can go through and kind of get things that guys missed. Or you know, sometimes I, I've been charting so uh, so in depthly now that it it almost feels like I, I can tell when there are certain hotshot directors because they'll wait until the last second before they come to the to the snap of the play. And that gets really frustrating for us. <laughs> um, so yeah, hotshot directors, it's like, okay, uh, you know, Connor is
0: flexing today. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Win your Emmy some other game is what you're saying to them. Win your Emmy yeah. some other game.
1: Win your Emmy on another game, exactly. Um, yeah. and so essentially what that does is it, it, so we have the, we have 32 essentially charts for player participation if there's no bye weeks So we have one per team, uh, and then from there, so that's 32 charts right there. And then we have uh, run game, pass game, line game. We combine those. So just for our example of commanders giants, uh, if somebody was assigned to that pass game, they would be assigned pass plays for both the commanders and the giants and so then they would look at things like uh you know progressions they would look at uh you know what what type of tar- what what the target route was what the primary defender who the primary defender was was that primary uh defender in zone coverage or man coverage or man coverage with help etc
0: all right that created like six questions that i didn't even have so let's go through those all right. in no in no particular order um so after a game, you start with a certain amount of statistics that the NFL has provided, and you you believe those, and you put those somewhere. It's essentially their play-by-play data. Okay, so it's adding up yards and stuff.
1: Yeah, adding up yards. So essentially that gets in our template, uh, timestamps, quarters, possession, things like that. So I, again, when our charters get in, they're they're not just like starting from scratch they see you know 1432 in the first quarter is a run play I need to chart this and then they'll go through and you know they'll look at motion they'll look at play action pass they'll look at this or that uh, run concepts box counts
0: how many charters are there and where are you all
1: in a perfect world we would have 30 to 35 charters right now we're at about 25 to 30 uh and we're spread all over the country um and we have a few uh we have a few guys in canada uh you know another guy that i'm talking to in mexico etc so uh you know we do have uh international members although none currently working at this very second uh that being said most of them are you know east coast i think majority of my guys are on the east coast but i do have you know guys all the way out in california and and things like that, so.
0: Okay. So there's a tasks task, just like a writer would, would be assigned a story. I know that I'm doing the Giants, as you, you use with Commanders, Giants as an example. I know I'm doing these guys, and, and like, how many games would a guy have in a week? Because we,
1: yeah, so uh, for a lot of our guys, this is kind of their side gig, and mm. they'll do it, you know, in the evenings or, uh, you know, during the day if they work, night, you know, a night shift or whatever, um, but typically – We'll have, so because our turnaround time is like two days, we try to get things done by Tuesday morning. We essentially, like we might have my, my guys that have their full day that are like full time committed to charting, they might have three player participation, two pass game and a run game. And so what I would say on average, an entire chart takes somewhere around 15 hours to chart for an, for each game total. Uh, and that's yeah. And so that's with every every chart. Player participation, run game, pass game. If I were to combine for like a cumul- cumulative number of hours, that would be about the average. That yeah. do,
0: do you guys get it uh, MP4s or whatever? Or do you stream this? You drop it off a of cloud. How do you get this stuff?
1: We stream this off of NFL Plus. Uh so for instance though. Like, so we have other charts, for instance, that uh, some of our customer base and 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 our, su- and our subscribers, they were interested in um, coverage shells. And so something that we did incorporated this off season was going through and uh, looking at every single pass play from the entire 2022 NFL season. And we went through and charted what the coverage shell was for each play, whether it was, you know, cover one, cover two, cover two man, cover six, cover nine, all of those types of things, but we use that with, and the reason I mentioned that is we use the coach's film for that. So that is something that is very frustrating with the NFL and and their app, uh, because there's only one place to get the coach's film that's broken down by play and timestamp. Otherwise, they just throw in a jumble of film that's three different angles for the coach's film, and they don't give you a timestamp for it. So, uh, so with coverage shells. That's a little bit different. We do that a little bit later in the week. But otherwise, we just use NFL Plus. And I use, um, I always have my guys, you know, they have an extra monitor, they have their computer. And for me, I just hook it up uh, to my Roku and I can just fast forward through game film then.
0: Okay. So the NFL obviously is the conduit for this. You've got us, FTN's got, and whoever else has got to subscribe, they got to pay up for this stuff. Right.
1: Exactly. And we, yeah. And we cover our guys for that. Um, we compensate them for for their for them paying for NFL plus. Get
0: your own individual subscription for that, and then you business yeah. expense. okay. I heard uh, Kevin, I had written it down, and you use the same term talk, talking about twenty two. is, is their film, and I know it's not film we I'm using that word, but is, is that I'm assuming that that means there's a camera on every single single player on the field at one time. is that the twenty two? Correct, and so it, it it's kind of a zoomed out version.
1: Imagine you are, you know, sitting in kind of the, you know, the upper deck, you know. Uh, uh, I forget what they're called. Bloody nose seats. Uh, yeah, 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 so that's kind of the angle that it gives you, so it's it's going to be difficult. Like well, That's why we don't use it. For, sorry, I'm getting a little feedback here. Um, the reason we don't use it for like things like player participation, uh, pass game is because it's really hard to identify player numbers because it's so far zoomed out. However, it allows us to see target routes very clearly, and, it's, and, and it allows us to see what the defense is trying to do. Because in a broadcast view, usually the safeties get cut off and anything that happens downfield with corners while the quarterback is dropping back, uh, and so we would miss all that. It's, so coverage shells are impossible to do without all 22 every other chart we can do
0: with just the broadcast view okay so so it's a wide thing it's not like there's a film for the left tackle there's a film for the yeah and so but there is one
1: from the uh there is an end zone all 22 where it's really tight on just the offensive line like so you can see the offensive line and so for instance i got i have guys sometimes that can't see uh, can't see the mo- the movement clearly enough on like a run to distinguish whether or not it's a, you know a man duo run versus an outside zone. So I will I would wait for the all twenty two coaches film to come out and then I would get a better read on that and I could make that call.
0: I know, but I'll ask you too. Who's the consumer for this? Because this is a lot of information right and so we uh
1: we provide our data we have we have sports books that that buy from us we have uh you know professional um professional gaming guys we have uh a number of a number of different um fantasy sites etc use our data um aaron schatz this year used our data in part to create the football almanac uh I believe this is the 19th year that he's produced that FT, uh, the Almanac. So this year it's the FTN uh, football Almanac. And so that we're really proud of that and uh, our contributions to, to that Almanac. Um, so really that kind really all of those kinds of, of, of sectors we have, you know, individuals, we have sports books, we have fantasy sites,
0: all of those types of things. You kind of. I'll ask again. What, what are the, what's the easiest and the hardest thing to track? Like the thing. Like yeah, I'm gonna bang this out. And then you mentioned like you know the pain in the ass producers can make some things difficult. Like what, what's the the quick and the, and the long player participation as a whole is
1: really the most uh, the most time consuming of all of our charts. And that's because we we have multiple things that guys have to do with those. And so, for instance, like seeing player numbers, uh, you know, from a broadcast view, you know, you, you see them. They're kind of standing like this. So you're not going to be able to see a number. Um, we also look at formations and alignments, and they have to and they have to tell what the skill position players role is on play. So, for instance, Uh, I was talking to a guy that I'm training yesterday, and at this point, each PP play requires him to watch it three times. So the first time he gets the formations and the alignments, the second time he gets kind of the positions and like specific player positions and their roles on the play, like what they do, and then the uh, the final watch he goes through and he looks at defensive alignments. I asked a group of charters, advanced level charters, last night that I um, I was conducting a coverage shell training with them last night, and I asked them uh, I brought up this PP statement that this charter this training had brought up, and I said, "What do you guys think about this?" And they said, "That sounds about right." Although you know, by week four he'll be able to get that down to two watches, mm-hmm. um, just with uh, just with the efficiency and finding grooves, uh, you know. The, the most difficult thing is really just getting the reps, I think, uh, that, that's, that's really what it takes. And we try to get our guys re- at least three games worth of rep in the off season. Uh, and then essentially after that, the, the most difficult part is distinguishing between the nuanced things in football. Like, is this guy in the box or is he outside of the box? You know, what is the box? That's kind of where, you know, things might get a little bit difficult, but with reps and with the training guide that we have, uh, it, it essentially makes those gray areas black or white, uh, makes them in terms. It's my effort to turn the subjective into
0: the objective with my charters. This may be a dumb question. Couldn't the NFL track player participation with all the biometric stuff that they capture? You would think so. Um, and. Uh, I
1: don't know if like Amazon, you know, uh, next gen stats. I don't know what they do in terms of that, um, but I know that I, 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 they probably could. Uh, that being said, we do things and, and we incorporated a couple of things this year, not to say that that, that couldn't be done with computers, uh, but for instance, we we took a couple of suggestions from subs that we have. Uh, one of them this year was cushion yards, which is like pre-snap. Um, this guy's running a route. How much how much separation was there given between him and the cornerback before the play started? Uh, so we added that in. We added um, specific player motions. So this year we're we're trapping, tracking in PP. Uh, you know which which specific player was in motion if it was pre snap motion Did he get himself set before the play or was he in motion while the play was while it was snapped? Um, and it honestly uh, it's one of our it, it, It's one of our more important charts that that our subs are interested in uh, Is player participation and finding you know what guys ran routes on this play, this play? Uh, what um, what percentage of routes uh Jahan Dotson ran on plays that he was in, um, you know, uh, and then they can get target routes from there, et cetera. Uh, And so it could be that they get, it could be that they're looking into pass game, run game, line game uh, from us, but then they get player participation as kind of a bonus included in our data. Uh, Might be that they're looking for player participation and then they get line, run, and pass. Um, And so I don't know if I answered your question perfectly, uh, except except to say that they that a lot of our subs have um, have input into into how we go about uh, adding in data points.
0: So I gotcha is how do you quality control this stuff? I mean, especially you say you got new guys. I mean, I can't imagine that you're going to go back with a pencil or a whatever and check all this stuff.
1: So what I did for training was I did two perfect games basically or two or three perfect games that I spent the offseason going through and just monotonously double checking and triple checking my work to make sure that we had a a good answer key. I'm I'm in a former life. uh, I was a teacher for 17 years. So it's it's more about the process of like step by step, getting them in chunks. Uh, And so what I did was, I assigned them, I gave them the training guide, I gave them a few days to review that. Then I I gave them their their first practice game. What we do during the practice sessions for the trainees is I have kind of an open forum where they can post pictures, post questions. uh, And so then if one person has a question on, you know, the San Francisco 49ers are lined up in this odd formation, what do I do because the chart says this? I will answer that in our Slack channel. And so they'll see the answer to that question. Everybody will see the answer to that question and then they can incorporate that into their own charts. And so then when they're done with their first practice round, I run a com- I run comparative data. I go through, I see where, wh- where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. I coach them on that. Then I give them a second round of training. I, I run a comparative on that. I get back with them for a data chat. Uh, So by the end of training next week, my guys will have seen me three different times, three different data chats, and then I do spot checks throughout the year. So I will pick certain quarters. I'll I'll pick certain drives um, at random. I'll go through uh, and and take a look at those, uh, compare them to what I have, etc. And so again, we uh, anytime there's a question, even throughout the year, and it happens a little bit more in kind of the first couple of weeks where we'll have, you know, charters like, Hey, the San Francisco's doing it again. (laughs) They're trying to break our charting system. What do I do here? And that's when, you know, I can step in, uh, some of my other advanced guys can step in Um, in terms of, uh, of charting like player participation. There's a lot of objectivity to that. And so I start a lot of my new guys with, player participation because there's not a lot of subjectivity to it. It's not something where it's like, you know, uh, that could have been an outside zone or an inside zone. It It's really like Jahan Dotson is lined up out wide. That's where he is. There is no right or wrong. So that's kind of where I start my new guys.
0: I see. Okay. Um, now the chart, is its is it first, is it proprietary and are they so- logging this? Mm -hmm. Um, I I will also take a step back and answer uh, your
1: the previous question again, um, just to kind of add a little bit more info. We also have error checking throughout. So, for instance, Mm -hmm. like on yards after contact, if the first if the first contact defender uh, hits somebody at the Cincinnati 33, okay, and he gets seven yards of contact after after the play there's going to be an alert right next to where the guys chart the contact yard line and essentially what it's going to do is going to show how many yards they got after contact. So, for instance, if they chart Cincinnati 33 and it says that he got. uh, 13 yards of contact just by watching the film, you're going to know that's not that wasn't 13 yards of contact and it catches guys that accidentally put, let's say the Cincinnati 27. As opposed to the Cincinnati 33, like three yards out from that 30-yard line, guys make a, a, a quick dumb mistake where it's just uh, Cincinnati 27 instead of 33. That catches it for PP. If they accidentally uh, double up a, you know, if they double up Jahan Dotson twice on play, okay, if they double him up, there will that entire line will go yellow, and so that they know that they have an error in that play. And they have to go back and fix it.
0: Yeah. But, but but are you looking at it, or is a computer catching that? The computer. So our code catches that. Okay. Okay. So that probably answers my next question. These guys aren't logging this into an Excel spreadsheet. They're into some sort of computer program. They're they're online doing this stuff. We do this in Google Sheets. Really? And that still catches that? Yeah, because of the coding that we have and all of the air
1: checks that we have. Um, it the amount of uh of the amount of coding that goes into these and like so for instance in if 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 we go in and we add a player number okay let's say uh, we're we're looking at first contact yard line right we're looking at first contact yard line and uh, we want to chart that 99 was the first defensive player to make contact if my eyesight is is off that day and there is no 99 on the roster it will catch that as well that's because somehow integrated with the film and stuff we have integrated so we we update our rosters every week uh and then those rosters are linked and tied to the uh, other sheets in the same spreadsheet and then we'll we'll activate a an error response if something is triggered because of that okay
0: now integrated uh, this is making my head blow up that's really cool i i just i i i will never understand how that works though i'm just going to say okay that's how that works um is there and it's, is this proprietary is this code must be
1: or not uh you know that i'm, uns- I'm unsure about Uh, I know that our data is proprietary. Um, We bought that. We bought the data from Armchair uh, a few years ago. Um, The coding, I don't want to go on the record and say anything about the coding. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Minor
0: detail. Minor detail. Is there a stat out there? And you know, there's certain sort of holy religious stats in in football that just couldn't happen without what you guys do.
1: Um. So. So there are a bunch of things that the NFL charts that, or the, the NFL tracks that, or there's a bunch of things that we track that the NFL doesn't, I should say. So, so for one, like the NFL for some reason doesn't track pressures. They, they track hurries, but not pressures. And so that's one of those things. And it's like, it's, it's one of the things that I had to scratch my head about and be like, wait, they don't track, pr- they don't give us pressure data. They give us hurry data. And I actually didn't learn that until uh Aaron Schatz was telling me about it. Um, that being said, uh, there's all different types of things that the NFL doesn't give. Like, so for instance, things like highlight throw, created catch, uh covered shell, zone, um, you know, individual man versus zone, uh, box counts, all of those types of things, run concepts. Uh we do um Quarterback drop back tight, whether he rolls right or left, if he does straight drop back, if he is, if he leaves the pocket anytime during the play, did he leave that pocket because of pressure or did he bail early? Uh, all of those types of things are things that we provide.
0: What is uh, your background? You mentioned teacher, are you full time now? And, and what do you find to be if there's a common thread between all of these guys staring at their monitors and logging this stuff? I am uh, so I was a teacher,
1: 17 years. Uh, I was a department head, English um, English department head, and I also taught film. And so I would say I, this job for me is I'm, I'm managing at, at, you know, around 30 to 40 people on a good day, hopefully, uh, which put me puts me at about 110 light, because I'm used to dealing with 150 students every single day. Uh, and so communicating with them just in the, in the digital world today, it's, while, while it can be hectic during the season, I have guys, like we're, we are a team, even though we're all over, all over the country, it is amazing when I have a guy whose kid gets sick, I jump into the chat on Slack and I'm like, hey guys, I need, a, I need an Indy Baltimore PP guy, or I need an Indy Baltimore run game guy on the fly boom, I've got somebody in there, like, all right, I'm on, I'm on it, and they're in there, Um, and so it's one of the cooler things in terms of, of team building that I've seen, that guys, even though they've never met each other, and in many cases never will, never met each other, they have inside jokes in the chat, they have, uh, you know, open, open forums where they can feel comfortable asking questions, things like that, Uh, and so... I guess one thing that I would say that I could see that they all have in common is that they all want. They all want to make the team better. They don't want to disappoint the team. Um, In terms of and I don't know if I answered your question perfectly there either. uh, One thing you know we do. We do pay hourly uh, and so you know we have different guys that work at different uh, different levels of efficiency, paces, etc. But otherwise, I've just, I've been impressed with how uh, how willing and able everybody is on our team to, to pick up the slack, do what needs to be done. You know, I've got gr- guys grinding into the, into the early morning hours. I've got other guys that are just grinding during the day. You know, so it's almost like at all hours of the day, there is an FTN chart being grind, grinded from, you know, Sunday to Tuesday. Gotta
0: get done Tuesday. Do you find like one of them be like, "Oh, I was the scorekeeper for my high school football team too." Well, yes, yeah, sh- I did that too. Or are they all coders, like, "Yeah, man, I used to try to build apps and that sucked." And I like football, so I'm doing this. Or most of them are football guys. Like
1: you know, they're either really big into fantasy and they they want uh, they're looking for an edge, or they just you know they want to sit in air conditioning and watch football as a as a side hustle. Oh. Uh, and um, but. I will say that, like, that I would say that they, like, for instance, I was training them on covered shells yesterday, and I, in order to, in order to create, like, you know, the perfect game, I u- I used my best charters last year, and, oops, almost lost a the monitor there, uh, I, I Um, So I used one of his and he says, oh, my God, this is the first practice game. I remember charting this game. Um, And so they they definitely feel a sense of ownership over their uh, over their PP teams like that. It's weird because it almost becomes like there's a team that they root for because they see them and, you know, in and out every week. Um, And so it is a definite football atmosphere. We, you know if something happens on, on Sunday, it's, it's not out of the realm for there just to be some shop talk. Like, did you see what Lamar just did? Uh, and then when it's time to get going, guys are grinding and asking questions and, um, but no, uh, we have, so, so we have some guys that are like, just out of college and they were data guys They're, you know, sports data, they that's the career that they're that they wanting to get into. And they're really trying to fight for those competitive full time positions. Uh, other guys, you know, they're teachers and they do this from four to eight in the evening. Um, but all of them, all of them pretty much, I'd say not at all. 90% of them have a strong
0: desire to be a part of football. So that's a beautiful dream to sit in the AC and watch football and get paid for it. That's pretty much a beautiful, a beautiful dream. A every f- every interview nowadays must have an AI question. So here's mine for you. Okay. When I when I talk to these companies that are making these predictive models, the thing that I always try to get them to explain to me, and sometimes they get close, is like, OK, where does that informed opinion on that play come from? And they're like, well, someone watches it. And I'm like, well, then what happens? And they'll say, well, we, we assign a number to it. To give it a value and importance i'm like well that sounds so subjective so now finally getting to the question for you how do you take the opinion out of it like how many of your plays um i am just going to make up something that may not even be real mahomes has a wide open receiver in the flat and he just throws it into the bleachers but you don't know that like the wide receiver got a bug in his eye or it hit him in the face i mean how, how do you discern that that was Mahomes' fault he just chucked it in the seats
1: right and so those are all those are things where for instance if he skies it you know just puts it into the seats and there's a guy we're going to chart that as a throwaway uh and it, it really kind of depends on situation and context uh for an, for another example so for instance if ai was trying to chart like a, a run concept and they and we're looking at it and we see it as an outside zone okay because We have all of our offensive linemen heading in one direction. Okay. But let's say the left tackle slips and he ends up kind of uh, wedging himself against the left or uh, against an edge rusher like this. So he's not going in that same direction. AI, I think, would pick that up more as a man duo because they saw that one player turn more towards this side and this angle so i my fear about ai is they wouldn't be able to pick up on the nuances of things like that player mistakes uh you know
0: not being able uh like what if a guy gator arms it over the middle because he knows he's about to get popped when the quarterback put it right there well that's on the that's on the receiver and we would put that as
1: as on the receiver um, okay. because, you know, because we can put, we can chart that there was a defender closing one yard away. And, mm-hmm. you know, and inform like the way that I always think about our data is painting the picture of the game. So essentially like we have all of these different data points, our charter's responsibility is to be able to tell the narrative in our data. Um, and, you know, so I think that I, I I think that being able to have a human brain, human eyes, while it may have, you know, we're going to deal with errors just like with anything else, uh, but being able to distinguish things like, you know, a human error on a running on a running play or a gator arm on a passing play. Those are things that I feel like give us a competitive edge over systems like AI.
0: Is there a generally accepted figure for how many data points you collect on a play or average play? Well, it depends on the chart. So, um, so for instance, like player participation,
1: it could be some anywhere from like total data points for that might be in the 70 for one single play. Because there's, because there's because there, and that's why it takes that's why it takes the uh the most amount of time of all of our charts, and so um, and because there's so many different factors that they have to pay attention to on that on that type of play. Last um, question for you, I appreciate
0: your time. I actually just thought of this one bonus. Yeah. Um, we're talking about bias again or opinion, gator armed it, didn't try, whatever. Yeah. um, do you find that you try to keep charters away from their favorite teams because they could easier either be easier or get pissed off and be much harder on their favorite because like damn it i know you can catch that i have
1: so i have some guys that are on their favorite team some some that aren't i try i'll I'll just say this i try to avoid giving myself the dolphins
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) so fair enough fair enough very good uh this was a lot i appreciate all your time here today